Hey, this is Chris. Before we get to the show, let me tell you a little bit about Anchor. Anchor is our way of we record podcasts. Fantastic. Let me tell you why. It's easy. It's free. There are creation tools that we can record and edit your podcast right from your phone and your computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you. So it can be heard on such um, providers as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many, many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need in a podcast and so much more. Check out Anchor, and you can find it all in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Anchor, it's a fantastic way of creating your first podcast and making it work. All right. Hey, I did an abrupt intro. We don't have a 30-second intro. Welcome to the Ohioan. That's what happens if you hit the wrong button, Brandon. How are you today? Uh, I'm lamenting that we that 30-minute uh, intro, yeah. or second 30-minute, 30 30-second 30 intro. See, that's how much badly I missed it. It feels like 30 minutes. <laughs> hey, I wonder if our listeners would like that, like a big 30-minute intro. You know, <laughs> they're like, shorter shows have 30 minutes of it be like intro music. You know, be like elevator music to listen to in the morning. Yeah, Are you able great. to switch it up with 30 seconds? What's that? Are you able to switch it up with more than that 30-second de- countdown? Um, That's what StreamYard gives us, but I, I don't know. I'll have to check into that. It's kind of interesting. So, I don't know. You can Craig, break that theme song. <laughs> yes. 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 Mostly if you're out clips there. and cuts of Craig yawning or Craig or you yeah. yawning or I'm mouthing off. <laughs> Just right. Well, I and I, I'm glad you brought that up because that's one of the things. I, I mean, you, we want to get into the show. We can't always, you know, promo and ask for stuff. But if you're out there and, and you can sing, if you have a band, or even if you want to just do a really bad cover song. Let us know. Send us a video, maybe tag us on video, and you might say, hey, it's going to be really short. That's fine. 30-second intros are great. So if you if you want to come up with an intro, go for it. I, I'm all in. It, it'll be great. And, and I'm also here with Craig. Craig, how are you today? I'm doing great. Maybe we should get, like, an Ohioan jingle or something. Maybe, we, you know, like yes. a little uh, commercial jingle, you know, and someone can play that. And, and, we, will, and, and we will promote the heck out of your group or Absolutely. band or – We'll, we'll tease you if, if you're like me and can't sing, but just want to sing, just have fun. It'll be good. I, I was trying to have my um, daughter uh, sing on, on StreamYard last night. You know, she wants to play with the microphone. And I, I got a version of her doing um, 21 Pilots Stressed Out, which it was funny. Uh, she sings great. She's like, she'll sing real loud for five seconds, and then she'll mumble for five seconds, and she'll sing real loud and everything else. So uh, the problem is you never know what she's singing, but if she can put together a jingle, maybe she'll do her jingle. Who knows? Well, I'll have to talk to my wife and see if that works. So, yeah, a big show today. Um, wanted to start out with, uh, well, check that. Before we start out, let me promo a couple of stuff we have coming up. Um, talk to Bob Garver, our movie reviewer. Uh, he talked about the Marksman and Fatale, um, or Fatale. I, I can't say that right. Uh, Fatale was interesting. It had Hillary Swank, Bob, big thumbs down, and the Marksman with Liam Neeson. I was excited. It was the first movie in 2021. I was ready to go see, and Bob was grumpy. Bob didn't like the Marksman either. So Bob says, don't go see the Marksman. I finally said, Bob, what should we watch? Give us hope. And Bob says, keep seeing news of the world with Tom Hanks, so 
I don't know. <laughs> uh, disappointed, but he, he's going to see the Denzel uh, Washington movie, Little Steps, next week, and he's excited. I'm excited, too. Hopefully, that'll turn out a little bit better. But tune in uh, as we talk a little movies, and that's the other po- podcast segment we released this morning. Um, and also, again, you know, Chase Bank, sign up for our account. Um, s- sign up for an account with Chase. Uh, attach a direct deposit to it, and you'll get paid. It's as easy as that. Check out our sponsors, subscribe to us, and please keep sharing us. Uh, check out our Patreon page. A lot of good stuff going on there. All right, let's start out. I wanted to mention this briefly because there's some things about this that kind of bug me. Uh, LeBron James, obviously he's Akron's kid. He grew up in Akron. Um, he went to play for the Cavs. He left the Cavs twice, uh, first for Miami about 10 years ago. And then uh, about two years ago, he left the L.A. Lakers. Now, we are not a sports podcast. Uh, we talk about more of the pop culture behind sports. So I don't necessarily want to sit and break down the basketball part of it. But it's funny. It seems like every time LeBron left, uh, people get mad. Uh, I think the first time they were more mad because the Cavs were on the cusp of winning championships. They left. This time, they were going to the finals, but they weren't quite as there yet. I don't see as many people upset about the Cavs, but with politics becoming such a huge deal and social issues, race and everything, it seems like every time at my work we post a story about LeBron, there's always a bunch of screaming about how LeBron's speaking out on race and speaking out on social issues and speaking out about politics. I don't know, Brandon, do you think we're over LeBron in Ohio or do you think we're still upset? Uh no, I th- I mean I'm, no we're not upset. Sorry, I misspoke. But I think like um um that story and that narrative is pretty much done and over with in the sense that you know yeah there was a lot of vitriol uh, uh, attitude about LeBron leaving the first time, going down to Miami, and then coming back, and then um you know winning the championship for Cleveland, and then after that he he you know it's kind of he went off to. Um, there's no, I guess there's no real retirement basketball league in a sense, uh, in, in, in the world, but so he went to the, went to spend his, um, um, later professional careers in Los Angeles. So, I mean, ah, that makes, that makes sense. I think after he left the a second time, I don't think anyone really minded because Cleveland did finally get their championship. There was a parade, there were celebrations, you know, he came he, 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 he kind of, you know, so to speak, met his end of the deal. So, I don't know. I mean, it's it's now it's like your, your favorite player. You see him and or like, oh yeah, there's LeBron. So um, he's he's, uh, he's bigger than Cleveland now in that sense. Well, and Craig, we all have these places that we ever lived at or went to school at that we don't like as much anymore. And maybe we don't rip them on podcasts or whatever, but we're not going to you know give them big endorsements. Well. LeBron left Ohio, but it's not like he said, screw you, Ohio, screw you, Akron, I don't care anymore. I mean, he's still putting a lot of money in the area. Um, you look at the I Promise school he has and other stuff like that. Um, you know, it's 2021. I mean, you know, maybe 30 years ago when we moved, it, it was hard to stay in touch with people. I mean, you can stay in touch. You can come back. He's put money in the school. Is he? I mean, I could make the argument he's being as active in Ohio as he was before. I guess with the exception of basketball, but in the grand scheme of things, he's doing more for the area than bringing basketball joy. I mean, he's bringing jobs. He's, he's educating kids and everything. I mean, isn't he being better now than he was when he was a member of the Cavs? 
Well, I think to some degree, but when he was a member of the Cavs, he was still doing the the schools and the things and giving back to the community. But one of the things that he really did as a player was he just helped revitalize Northeast Ohio, whether it be bars, restaurants, businesses in Cleveland or around the surrounding area. He really brought a lot of income and just revenue to that area that simply he just can't do now that he doesn't play there. Um, But, you know, having said that, you know, he did bring a championship to Cleveland. He does tend to speak his mind a little bit. I I think Ohio is okay with LeBron not being a Cavalier anymore. Um, Maybe to some degree their resentment when he makes political statements or anything like that may be geared more towards them not liking the fact that he did leave the first time around. But at the end of the day, he's done a lot for this area and he still continues to do that even after being, you know, a Laker or a Miami Heat member. And he'll probably be doing it for the rest of his life, which, you know, you can't really argue with. He's he's done a lot more than people probably realize that maybe are critical of him. And he's gonna probably continue to do it until the day he dies. All right, I'm gonna get a little controversial for a second. And I agree with your assessment. He we revitalized in Northeast Ohio, you know, <clears throat> the Cavs were crap and he came the Cleveland and made them a winning team again or whatever. Do you think that says a lot about Cleveland sports? Because we always sit here and say, Cleveland sports, what a great town. What a wonderful town. Well, you got the Browns where they draw people, but people don't get excited until they made the playoffs this year. You've got the Indians where – I, I know you're an Indians guy. I, I mean, you, you back baseball. But people don't go to Indians games as much. You don't feel that excitement, that fervor until they're good. And then the Cavs, you know – no one cared about the Cavs until LeBron came. I mean, should we be Bears? I'm not a Cleveland sports fan, but should Cleveland sports fans be better? I don't know, it just made me think when you mentioned that. Well, I mean, you know, I'm not a Cleveland sports fan either, but I will say this. You know, baseball has seen drops in attendance for years now, so the Indians aren't really anything different than any other, you know, organization, especially, you know, ones that are in smaller markets like Cleveland – they draw what they draw. I, I will say that I've always thought that they should draw a lot more, at least recently, when they've had winning baseball teams. You know, they were a World Series team not that long ago. They've consistently been a playoff team for the last several years, and they always seem to come short, you know, come up short on the, uh, you know, the ticket sales. But at the end of the day, they also had a great TV contract with Sports Time Ohio that they developed. You know, they've sold that now to, to Fox Sports Ohio with a partnership. So, you know, sometimes when you have a great TV deal, you know, people tend to gravitate towards that. And they don't go to games. And baseball has kind of shown over the last several years that people just don't want to go to a baseball game 81 times a year during the middle of summer when it's hot as can be or during the spring when it's still cold in Cleveland. So it's it's tough to draw. I mean, I think the Cavaliers still do pretty pretty well with drawing fans and I still think they have a following it's obviously not as you know big as what LeBron had when he was here because he was you know on national television every night and he was taking to the playoffs and deep runs so you know it's hard I think to to judge that but I still think you know I still see some Cavs games up until of course COVID but you know they drew a lot of fans and there's still a lot of uh, you know love for the Cavaliers and of course the Browns there's always a, a good fan base for the Browns. I mean, sometimes they would stop showing up to games towards the end of the season if they were having a tough year. But generally speaking, the Browns are very popular among 
not just Clevelanders or Northeast Ohioans, but around the country, there's a very, very big following of Browns fans. So they, you know, I think Cleveland sports is is an underrated sports town, and that's coming from someone that's not really a Cleveland fan. But, uh, you know, I, I think they're right in line with a lot of other diehard, you know, kind of areas that, you know, maybe they have a baseball team and they don't support it, but maybe they support, you know, their hockey or their basketball or their football. Yeah, but i got to be honest with you, and I don't even know how many places are really diehard because the Browns, people were coming out of the woodwork when they were a playoff team. I, I don't know. Yeah, I'm not like, saying that there weren't any bandwagoners. I'm sure there, there's oh, like, there a ton of bandwagoners. There's always, there's always going to be, oh, I, you know, or maybe you're a, sort of a suppressed Browns fan that's waiting for them to, you know, get better so you can take the bag off your head when you, you know, when you talk about sports finally. So, yeah, I'm not saying that there aren't people that jumped on the bandwagon. But, you know, the Browns have always had a following no matter what, and a lot of people were crushed when they left. And, you know, that was their team, you know, that the city's team was the Browns. And I think a lot of people grew up watching the Browns win, whether you're, you know, a baby boomer in your older years that watched them dominate the NFL before the Super Bowl era. Or, you know, if you're somewhere maybe in your, you know, like me and my dad's age where you grew up watching the cardiac kids and those kind of games. So, you know, the Browns have always had a pretty strong following fan base wise. Well, Brandon, I took that detour because uh, – and we bring up LeBron because LeBron and the Lakers came back to Cleveland the other night, and he scored 46, the, the Lakers won. And I bring this up because LeBron, Brandon, was all uh, upset because at the end of the third quarter he missed a shot. And, you know, there's not many fans allowed because of COVID. So he noticed a front office person sitting in the front row, and he was all, yay, he was all really excited. LeBron missed a shot. And LeBron's like, dude, what's your problem? LeBron gets mad. He scores a billion points in the fourth quarter, and the Lakers win. What is wrong, Brandon, with Cavs' ownership? Am I taking shots at Cleveland today? Yes, I am. And I think there's a reason. Why can't Cleveland get over it? I mean, hey, we're at jobs. You know, sometimes they work out great. Sometimes they don't. We leave jobs, you know. The three of us, we always haven't been at the job, same job for the same amount of time. Things come and go. Why are Cavs' ownership? I mean, hey, LeBron was a great player, but hey, LeBron found somewhere else. It's his right and everything. Cleveland's childish. Why can't they get over it? And I'm talking ownership of the Cavs. Um, I mean, like it's. I mean, you put put up a lot of good points about that front. Um, you know. I don't, I don't know if that, that that incident necessarily reflects Cleveland ownership, but I mean, you're at the end of the day, LeBron's has every right to play where he wants to. And, um, and that, um, you know, I think in many ways, this is just like a little fun story that, you know, um, about, I don't know what you call it. Internal rivalry, <laughs> internal, internal, like, I don't know, like you split up with your ex amicably this time, and then yeah. you're also kind of cheering for their demise. I, I don't know where this what this kind of would fall under, but whatever gets uh, LeBron motivated, sure. Uh, that's, you know, um, um, but I, maybe at the end of the day, true champions root for their successes, not for their enemies' demise, but um, it's the well, moral of the story. <laughs> yeah, it, it just was very strange. And it's funny because, like, LeBron left the first time, the owner was, like, ripping him. And it wasn't just, oh, hey, I'm upset like you that, left. That was, was totally just... understandable. I mean, as you said, right. oh, yeah. the championship. I mean, I remember a kid who was just uh, one of the fans who just, you, they took it so hard. They were burning jerseys, Chris. Right. I mean, right. it was it was intense. 
it was almost to the point intense so much that it was like, really, guys, really? Yeah. But if you're not right. like, if you're not a hardcore basketball, right? Well, and you know, these things happen. I, I guess the thought is, it, it was just a, a weird ending to that relationship, and I, I really thought, like, I don't know, it just seemed to be. I'll take it a step further. It seemed to be with the LeBron thing. I think it had a lot more to do just with LeBron. Um, you know, the way the ownership responded the first time, I think it was like 2010 when he left, it was almost like we own you and everything else. And I think from that, LeBron started making some more statements more than just being a basketball player, you know, political statements and everything else saying, hey, you know, we have the right to do what we want to do. We can switch teams if we want to. You know, there's, there should be more power of players and everything. There's like, you're made so many things you've said have alluded to the dynamics of sports in America. Like yeah. you just earlier, you said, what's wrong? Why, why aren't Cleveland sports fans better? Like imagine if I said, said flip it and said, why aren't McDonald's customers better? Why aren't Subway fans? Like pick a company, any chain, you know, cause at right. the end of the day, these are businesses. These are franchises. Um, you know, what? like, like you're putting the burden on the customer, the fan to be, right. be a better customer. Like, right. I mean, at the end of the day, that's, that's, that's the, the point of these sports franchises in or are to make money and they'll make money either a good TV contract deal. And, and you know, and to really, I, I would say fan engagement is not as a high priority. And if it gets to a point where it really does start hurting the bottom line, they'll relocate. Um, yeah. and I think LeBron was a case that really was greater than everybody else. Because remember he grew up in Akron. He was a fantastic player in high school. I mean, I, I heard a report that I think it was after his sophomore, junior year, he went to scrimmage against the Cavs. I mean, this is in high school, and he was the best player on the court. I mean, can you imagine if in high school you went to NBA team and say, hey, let's play around and everything, and, and you're beating everybody? I mean, you're like, dang, what's going on? And I, I think what bothered me was more of I thought, I thought LeBron was very mistreated. Because he was a great player. It was a great story. He got to stay with Cleveland. He left Cleveland. Brandon, you're right. He has every right to go wherever he wants to, like any other player. But people took that really personally because he was a hometown guy. And, you know, Craig's right. There were burning jerseys and everything else. But there was some race stuff that went into it. There was some stuff like, hey, we own you. You can't go anywhere. And LeBron's like, you know, what the heck, man? I can go wherever I want to. So it was a situation where I'm happy for LeBron because LeBron – like the Cavs was like a bad ex spouse or ex relationship. It just is horrible. And he still wants to kind of do things with him. That's why he came back to play with him. But I like the fact that he keeps putting money back into Ohio. So well, for, yeah. for as much as he got, he's gotten crapped on by the Cavs, by some people in Northeast Ohio, at least he's putting money back in, in Bravo. It's, it's yeah. town. I mean, it, it means a lot to him, but I, it would be like, why isn't it LeBron, you know, Never, no one fathoms. Oh, let's bronze stay with the Cavaliers. Let's create a dynasty here. You know, like Aiken to the Patriots or to you know Tom Brady and Belichick. Bill Belichick. I mean, they're having their divorce moment this year. But, um, but I think in some ways that's also reflects another point about sports in America is there's this strive for parity. Like, right. you know, like the likelihood of Cleveland winning another uh, championship seems pretty slim. If you disagree with me, let me know, but it's just, um, right. it's LeBron's going to go and play where he can be competitive and, uh, and, and, you know, what's, what's going to motivate him. But, right. um, yeah, I mean, he's, the thing is he's actually more, 
<laughs> no, I wouldn't say he's more engaged, but he's yeah, he still continues to engage engage with his community in Ohio, and that's great. Yeah. Um, and you can scrutinize the details as much as you want about the I Promise School, but it does seem like it does help out. It's it's a model that can be certainly looked at and replicated if there's enough funding throughout the country. I like to see see more I Promise schools and, uh, out throughout the country. Some models after it, but. Um, that's something we should be seeing from the ownership group in Cleveland, um, yeah. the Cavaliers. We should be seeing that from the Browns ownership, and that's yeah. I'm talking about the Haslam's, and we should see we should see that kind of we should, the like it's got to go beyond uh, the sports being a business, not just right. being more than just a business. Even though, well, pretending to be not a business in that sense, but um, um, that's that's what and I think we're kind of here. How, how many players are there in schools? Not many. I mean, Jalen Rose, he was a uh, famous University of Michigan basketball player, had some time in the NBA. He has a charter school in Detroit. So, I mean, LeBron's not the only guy who does that. But you hear that more from guys like LeBron than you hear from ownership groups and everything else. And for as much as LeBron's been dumped on, and let, let's bring this up before we move to our next topic, the whole idea about the politics. You, you know, LeBron – got upset about the way people of color were treated. So he became a really outspoken critic of Donald Trump. And again, he's got the right to do it. But then suddenly with LeBron, like you haven't seen from even back with Muhammad Ali when he purchased the war and everything, people started, you know, crapping on him. How dare you speak out in politics and everything? He's got the right to. He's got a platform to. And that's not saying you have to agree with everything he says. I don't know who would, who agrees with everything anybody says, but it's just so funny. I mean, LeBron is this gifted guy, and uh, to LeBron's credit, he's put money back in Ohio and everything, and it just everyone dumps on him because of politics. Everyone dumps on him. I, I think there's a racial issue and everything else, and it's like – it's just a shame. It's a shame where, like, we'll post stories and there'll be comments like, oh, he's a bad person. He spoke out against Trump and everything. Calm down. I mean, you don't have to agree with LeBron's politics or anything, but if you really cared about Northeast Ohio, put money back into it. I know we all don't have money open schools, but put money in your region. You, you all talk about how great you, this Northeast Ohio is, but you're crapping on the man who's putting money back into the region. It, it just doesn't make sense to me. Sorry, it's but a... It's a personal. I'll end with one point here is like the power of sports in this sense is like it reminds me of the WNBA, like the Atlanta uh, Braves or whatever. The women's team. The Atlanta Dreams. Yeah. Excuse me. Um, They, um, um, no one had heard of Raphael Warnick, um, but he was low in the polling places in the primaries or in the runoff races in Georgia. They they started wearing. the team members of that team start wearing, you know, go out and vote for uh, this guy, you know, um, and that really helped him. Now he's a senator. The owner of that team was his opponent. Right, right. And yeah. so this is, speaks to, like, the tension. Another issue of American sports is sort of this pull of who, who's, who, are we, who's, who are these sports franchises for, the players, the community, or the owner? Um, I mean, there's a reason, like, when at, at the end of a Super Bowl – uh, a game you have like the trophies normally per, correct me if I'm wrong presented to the owner not to the players not to the coach necessarily maybe they get they gets handed down later but it's usually the first person touched that trophy um from the, is the owner and so uh, i i don't know there's some some very weird backward things um in the, in sport, sports american general and that's why we're seeing these kind of tensions anyway i mean 
if there's probably an alter, I just, I guess my point is from what you're kind of alluding, complaining about Cleveland sports, Chris, it's just, there's, there seems to be like um, an alter, there's probably an alternative reality out there where LeBron's playing for the Cavs and they're winning championships every year, every other year or so. Yeah. And I say this, again, I, I don't mind the Cavs. I'm like Cavs hater, like I'm a Browns hater, but I, I just get frustrated about how the greatest player and the guy that actually puts money in his community and the, and the guy has something to say politically. You, and it doesn't mean we should worship LeBron here, but why does he get all this crap? I mean, leave the poor man alone. Yeah, I, I guess that's one where I'm coming down to. No, I mean, people have opinions and they can disagree with them. I don't think, though, it's <laughs> it's sort of like, does he have a right to speak? Yeah, he has a platform. Yeah. Um, well, and, and they lost um, the greatest player in their era – of basketball, they lost him twice. So I think they, they felt betrayed the first time, maybe the second time they didn't mind because they won a championship. But, you know, I think they felt, you know, they felt that betrayal that he didn't want to be in his hometown. He didn't want to bring a championship to Cleveland. He did come back. He did win one. And then he left. I don't think they're so mad about him leaving again as the, as just, you know, I, and I, I think the bigger question, and maybe I'm seeing this from a different perspective, but the biggest question I have about this is why is he getting so bent out of shape about a guy that is the chief of staff of the Cavaliers basically being excited that he missed a shot? Like, does he think that the Cavs still owe him that every time he, you know, takes a sip of water that they should cheer him? I mean, they're a, they're a different team now. The Cavs can boo anybody they want. This guy can cheer for a miss from anybody. I'm not saying he didn't cheer extra hard because it was a LeBron missing, but at the end of the day, why is LeBron so concerned about someone cheering extra hard that he missed a shot or he cheered a little bit too hard or excited? Like, get over it. Take well, your, you know, I, go on and score 46 points, win the game, go win another championship, go make Space Jam 2. Like, why is he worried about what, what this Jason Hillman – who no one ever NBA, heard of is saying. Why does well, he? I'll answer that because NBA. the NBA has changed. Like I grew up hating the Browns. I, I grew up thinking that if the Steelers and Browns met up on a street corner, they would fight because they hate each other so much. Reality hit me. It was back. Uh, Gerard Warren, some the goofball guy the Browns drafted one year, really high. He was supposed to be the savior, and he flamed after a year. Well, I read a story about how. Gerard Warren, the Browns were in Pittsburgh to play a game, and Gerard Warren was hanging out with Steelers. And again, not they weren't best friends, but they were partying the night before. And that kind of blew my socks off because I, I was in this impression that, you know, man, they're rivals. They're going to, you know, they're going to street fight if they ever run into each other. They're friends. And, and Craig, you're right. It, it probably is weird right now. But the NBA right now, nobody hates each other. I mean, unless, I mean, very well, few. I mean, you're supposed to get along and hang out and everything. And if there's fans not in the game, yeah, at home we could be sitting here going, boo, LeBron, or yay, Lakers, or whatever case might be. But, you know, if no way at the game, it's just a bunch. I, the NBA's become very cushy-cushy. And I agree with you. Maybe it's bad. Maybe we need to get back to the era where, like, the Celtics and Lakers of Larry Bird and Magic Johnson, but they kind of hated each other. Yeah, I mean, I'm not advocating for the hatred and the fighting and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, like, it seems like he, he doesn't have the thick skin to just say, well, oh, I can imagine why this guy would cheer a little bit harder that I missed a shot. Yeah, I mean, I understand he, he brought a championship to this community and he has done so many other things, you know, through his philanthropy. But at the end of the day, he doesn't play for the Cavs anymore. 
And this guy is a chief of staff of the Cavaliers. But there's and hard feelings. This, it's this, not about the mission. Of course there's hard feelings. I mean, look, you got to look at it this way. This is probably the best basketball player that we have seen since Michael Jordan. Arguably better. I don't argue that case, but some people will. And he left the Cavs under really crappy circumstances that first time where he, you know, he was very secretive. And then all of a sudden on public television, he just says, I'm leaving. They felt betrayed. I'm not saying that they should have advocated. I don't advocate for the Jersey burning and the hatred, but you know, they felt betrayed. They felt upset. They were, they were saddened that their, their golden boy that was from the area. If that guy had been from, you know, Calabasas, would they have cared as much? I don't know. He was from there. He promised to bring a winner there, and it didn't work out, and he left, and that's fine. He came back. But there's still some hard feelings from that, and I think it's mostly because of how he did it, not necessarily that he did it. Uh, yeah, his PR approach to it was a right. disaster. Yeah, it was a, it was a disaster. So I, I don't well, think – he admitted he, he made a mistake. He I mean, admitted that. So there you go. Right. Yeah. And I just think this kind of comes back to this picture of, you know, we're talking about, well, how, how can the Cavs hate him or how can the fans in Cleveland not like him because of how much he's done for the community? I'm not going to argue that. He's done a lot for it. He's barred championship, the school, you know, the, the, the just the overall philanthropy that he's provided for that area. But the idea for me is that this this guy gets upset after missing a shot that some random schmo who is a chief of staff, I looked him up, he's been the – He's been with the Cavaliers for 16 years, so he's well, you know, versed in LeBron James. That he cheered a little extra hard, and that made him mad. Well, that's fine. You know what? That's fine if it fueled you. But he's making the big deal out of it after the fact. Like I don't think Kobe Bryant or Michael Jordan would go after the game and say, "Well, this uh, former chief, this chief of staff that worked here when I was here." Jordan would. Jordan. Jordan would. Uh -oh. Jordan would do it silently. And then drop his 46. And then maybe he might mention, like, you know, 10 years later in an interview, like, I was mad about this. LeBron just, to me, he just kind of feels like he, he doesn't have thick enough skin to get criticized by his hometown. And well, when you're angry about something like that, there's a deeper issue. And I think it's it's what I was talking about. I mean, I, I think that's really all it came. Yeah. I mean, okay, I'm mad because somebody cheered a little too hard. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> Is that ridiculous on, on his face? Yeah. But he gets mad where you wouldn't get mad in Boston or New York or wherever else he plays. Yeah. Well, I get it. But he missed a shot. It's not like he got hurt and everybody was cheering. I mean, we've seen that a few times over the years in sports where someone gets hurt and can't play the game and people are cheering. This is a missed shot. It's one of a few shots that he'll miss in a game. He ends up going on to score 46. And if that fueled his fire to score 46 and beat the, the Cavs, then good, good on you. But I just feel like he needs to let it go. I mean, but that it, illustrates his, his love hate. Like he talked during the interview of the Beacon Draw after the game. You know, he misses the area. I'm sure it's he does. His whole area. He loves the area. But in some ways, he, he just got treated like you know horse crap in the area. So it's kind of this weird love hate relationship. And, and yeah, he talked about hey, some matured too loud. But I think overall, it's just really frustration with Cleveland saying, "Look, I gave you so much more than you ever had. Anybody else you ever had? I, I you know, I'm better than everybody else. I, I'm a free agent. I'm allowed to leave. Okay, you may not be able to understand. I, I left. Hey, it's my decision. At the time, we wanted to go to Miami. He's in his twenties. I mean, hey." Where would That's you rather fine. be in your twenties? You know, no, I, Miami I or Cleveland? I mean, yeah, I, I I'd pick Miami. Miami's nicer. Right, I, mean, you right. know? I don't think. I, I think people are getting over it. It's still a pretty, a pretty fleshy wound. But I think, 
it's just the way he did it. They don't care that he left. It's just the way that he did it. Like they felt like he was giving up on them. And then he did it in that really just terrible PR stunt of a, of a show. And, and that they don't care that he left the second time. They really don't. It does. I don't, I don't get that sense. They knew, they know he's 30 in his mid thirties. He wants to win more championships and it just wasn't going to happen in Cleveland. So, you know, go form your super team in Los Angeles, but. But I think the political yeah. side comes in too. Well, that, I, I don't think there's the anger that happened the first time, but you know, Ohio's an, Ohio voted for Trump, which is fine. Okay, so Ohio votes for Trump. You know, LeBron starts saying, I hate Donald Trump. He's a bad person, blah, 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 and everything else. Well, if most of Ohioans voted for Trump, they're not going to like LeBron. I mean, it's not just saying LeBron saying, hey, I, you know, LeBron, you know, Trump's not the best guy. Maybe we should vote for Biden. I mean, it was very, you know, I hate Trump and everything. I think that's what kind of frustrate people, too. But. That's possible. I mean, but Cuyahoga County didn't exactly uh... – Poll for Trump though either so I mean I'm not saying that there, there's more than just Cuyahoga County and Cavs yeah. fans but at the end of the day I, I just my bigger thing is not necessarily you know it, what he's done for the community because that's undeniable it's just why is he getting so bent out of shape about some random chief of staff cheering for him missing like does he expect when he goes to Cleveland that the Cavaliers players on the floor are going to be like oh I'm glad you made that shot LeBron great job like no they don't owe him anything they owe him the the, the championship and, and what he's done for the community, but he doesn't play for the Cavs anymore. He's a right. If he was right. playing for anybody, it doesn't have to be the Lakers. It could be the you know the Milwaukee Bucks. They should they should want to beat LeBron. They should want to beat the Los Angeles Lakers. Just not not just because LeBron's on there, but because it's another team in the NBA and they want to win a game. I mean, you know, I don't well, expect Kevin Love to be like, oh, LeBron, you missed. I'm so sorry that you missed that shot, man. Let's try to get you some more shots. No, I, I don't think I don't think it's that. I mean, he, he still retweets Acker Bika Draw articles. I'm sure – I don't know how much time he spends on Facebook, but if he retweets Bika Draw articles, he's probably reading Facebook comments. And it's just crappy comments. I, perfect example. We got a bunch of stuff we need to get to. I mean, this is good, but we need to kind of move forward. But, yeah, you know, perfect example. I, I'm screaming the other day because – on my Facebook, I know all these people over life for a long time, you know, back to my parents and everything. I mentioned about the media. They start crapping on me. And I'm like, what the heck? I've known you forever. You've been my lifelong friends. You've been my parents' lifelong friends. Why are you screaming at me now? And I'm not comparing myself to LeBron, but I think it, there's a little bit of that same. <laughs> and then <laughs> I scored 46 on the optimization team. Uh, no, but one thing is, okay, LeBron's looking at Akron, not just as the area where he started to kick butt in basketball, but he's like, this is my home. I still love Akron. He loves Akron. And, he doesn't love Cleveland. He loves Akron. Right. Okay. I mean, so he's, he's made that re- abundantly clear over the years. He is not a Clevelander. He's Akron. Well, I hope he doesn't read comments, but it's clear that, you know, he knows that people hate him. And it's like, what the heck? I'm just saying my feelings about what's happened. I grew up in the inner city. I don't think the, the former president was helping people of color enough. You know what I mean? Right. And uh, yeah, I, I just, again, that doesn't mean we also worship LeBron or give him shots or whatever else, but just, let's just take it easy on him. I mean, you know, I, I don't know, but no, but I appreciate it. It's good to have good discussion here. I, I like this. Well, this may spark some rage too, but we got to move on to the next story. Amy <laughs> Acton and Brandon, we spent a lot of time talking about Amy Acton when um, she was the health director. Um, she's now the head of a Columbus Foundation, a kindness foundation, which is great. Um, well, 
Rob Portman, we were talking yesterday, he's not going to run again for Senate in 2022. And a lot of good talk yesterday on the podcast. If you haven't listened yet, um, go back to yesterday's podcast. We kind of speculated some names that could become possible candidates for the um, Senate. And Cleveland.com broke a story. And Cleveland.com, you need to get your paywall working better. Um, I signed up for your paywall. It took me about five minutes to access the story. Just, just a little note to Cleveland.com for you. But um, so on Cleveland.com, the Hill Royal article about this as well, uh, talking about Amy Acton. They're trying to get her to run for Senate now. And from what the article said, she's not in, She's not saying, yes, I will, but she's not saying, no, I won't. Um, people are saying, hey, she was kind of popular as a uh, health director. This could work. Um, she is Democratic-leaning, but... Um, people describe her as a moderate enough where, you know, she could appeal to both Republicans and Democrats. Brandon, are you down with Amy Acton being your Democratic choice for gov- not governor of U.S. Senate? Oh, um, I was, it's kind of like yesterday I was bashing them because I said that you could probably name enough candidates on your, on one hand. And right. maybe I said something like they didn't have really anyone charismatic that could resonate with voters. Um, Amy Acton's in, in that sense, Amy Acton's an interesting, almost really perfect choice in that sense. Cause when I first saw her speaking as a public health official on with those press conferences, I was kind of taken aback like this. She's not talking like, like she doesn't talk like a public health official, like in the sense of here's the facts, here's the information, here's the recommendations. She really kind of went a little bit beyond that speaking in the sense of like a leader um, speaking sort of like poetically in that sense, like, um, you know, kind of using some metaphors and using some um, flowery language in that sense. I, she didn't have to. I think she's she, in that sense. I think that might be a good skill set to really go out there and connect with Ohioans in that sense. Um, so, you know, I at the same time though, she's gone. She's as a like a, as a. As, as the Dr. Fauci of Ohio, like as being branded by some of the national media, um, she's got that. She's definitely stirred up some baggage already with in such a short amount of time with with the anti-mask folk, um, some strong opinions in Ohio who, who didn't maybe like the, the shutdowns that, that have occurred. Yeah. And Craig, I think that's a big question. Amy Acton. Um yeah, there's a lot of people like her. I mean, there's a lot of people I think would vote for her right away. Uh, do you think, though, that the anti-mask people and the people who aren't supporting, you know, Amy Acton's feelings on how we should, you know, fight the COVID, um, do you think that would be a detriment to her being elected if she ends up running? In? Well, you know, it, if she were running right now, probably. I mean, maybe by, by the time next year rolls around, you know, maybe people kind of forget a little bit about that because we're maybe we're a little bit further removed from the, uh, the, the pandemic and, and maybe mask wearing isn't as necessary on a regular basis. I mean, I, I look at this one. I mean, from day one, I really loved what Amy Acton brought to the table here for the state of Ohio uh, during the governor's press conferences. I was of the mindset that whatever she wanted to do, she'd probably be great at because she seems like a very intelligent woman, a very compassionate woman. Um, she's very calm in her demeanor. I don't think she gets rattled by by having to, to put out information. You know, as being a political novice, though, I don't know that people would respond to her in a political way. 
Um, if she was running for some sort of a health issue, you know, you know, running for like a, a health position, I think she'd be a shoe in. But, you know, running politically, I don't think there's going to be a lot of voters, even on the Democrats side that will say, yeah, I want Amy Acton in a, in a political role because, you know, even though she's very intelligent and she's very kind and compassionate towards everybody, I just don't know that that politics is her thing. You know, I, I, I almost don't want to see her in politics because I don't want to see her in that kind of murky water. Honestly, I would, I'd rather see her do bigger and better things if possible. But, uh, you know, if she feels the, the desire to run, I would, I think a lot of people would strongly consider voting for her because, you know, she did have a high approval rating, uh, in most cases there. And I, I think she has a, as good of a shot as any Democrat, honestly. I mean, she has name brand recognition, even a year from now, she would still have that, I think. And, you know, it'd be interesting to see that, you know, if she ran, it'd be interesting to see how she would do. But I don't know. And I'm not sure if politics is right for her because of her expertise and maybe her just, you know, being a novice as as a politician. But, you know, you got to start somewhere. And it's kind of a big leap, though, to start as a U.S. senator. But you never know. I think think she'd have a chance. I don't, Brandon, I don't fault her for um, from everything we've heard, part of the reason why she resigned were the threats and the craziness about her and everything. And hey, support your family. I mean, go Amy Acton. I mean, I don't think there's anything wrong with her making that decision. But wouldn't she be jumping into that fire again as a U.S. senator? I mean, geez, if she's there as a health director, wouldn't U.S. Senate be a lot more open to yelling criticism and hatred in general? It's always the weird thing about the senators and, and, is they never have a vote in their home state. Um, yeah, that's true. They have, they, their actions take more place in D.C., and it really comes down to just fielding a lot of call. I, I mean, like, I mean, it gets real fiery in the Senate on certain issues, um, whether it's a Supreme Court justice nomination or, um, or certain or maybe pending uh the final stretch of the of approving some big legislation like the Affordable Care Act. I mean, so in that sense, that might. I don't know though if we would it would rise to that level of what acting and faced with because um, her health, you know, her health orders um, uh, really struck the accord with some Ohioans. Uh, um, I don't know if those two can be necessarily those kind of. That's the moments you're most likely to see in the Senate. I guess I don't know if they'll still they'll stack up in the same way as those health orders she was uh, involved with would have, um, or if whether her presence or her just simply saying, "Look, this COVID thing needs to be taken seriously. Uh, we need to wear masks and blah blah blah." I mean, I don't. I I think that um, um, I don't know if um, she would faces that that kind of similar scrutiny at the Senate level right now. I think the only thing about her. her any of the critical re- um, reaction or um, critical scrutiny that she endured um, as a as a the public health director in Ohio um, will will likely play some role in her in her if she decided to pursue a campaign for the U.S. Senate. I guess in terms of like it'll be a character test essentially. It'll be like do, pe- do people sixty percent really approve her work and that they'll vote for her? Um, of that sixty percent, how many? Are Republicans that would normally voted for the Republican candidate, so that's another factor into 
Sorry, I'm rambling on. <laughs> oh, no, you're fine. You're fine. Well, I think you're taking a leap of faith too, though, because those sixty percent of people liked her health, you know, you know, her health orders, or supported her health orders, or just her her you know ability to you know convey the messages of what's going on with the, the pandemic. You have to realize too that you're not just voting for someone, especially her, based on her record of understanding, you know, the health health issues in the in the state or you're you're you know you'd be voting for her based on her political platforms and you know those 60 percent of people maybe only 50 percent or 20 percent or 30 percent agree with the rest of her politics so i think it, it would be easy to say she'd be a popular candidate but would she cut through the rest of those you know those voters and say well not only do you like my my the way i handled the pandemic you'll love the way i handle you know, Lake Erie or taxes or whatever. So I think there's there's more to the story than just that. That's why I kind of think maybe it's not really for her because everybody loved how she handled the pandemic because she was so great and she always, you know, spoke the truth. But will they enjoy her politics? And, you know, Ohio. Well, and, you know, that's very yeah. And, and I guess what I'm saying too is like in the article, they quote a couple people saying, oh, she worked for a Republican governor and she knows how to reach across the aisle and everything. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. it was on health issues. And honestly, okay, she's a Democrat, I, I guess, by affiliation. I don't think anybody knows what she is, period, in terms of we don't know what she feels about anything else. And right. Good for Amy Acton that she was just talking about health. Like she wasn't sitting there talking about a bunch of other issues because she was the health director. Yeah, that was her job. I have no idea where she stands politically, period. I mean, okay, she's a Democrat. Maybe she's very conservative. You know, maybe she's more Republican than Democrat. Maybe she's very progressive. Nobody knows that. And I think for a lot of people out there politically, yeah, Amy Acton's a nice person and everything, but don't we get need to know how she feels on 99% 99% of the other topics are right. there. All we know about Nobody her. Knows, yeah. I mean, all we really know about her is how she would handle the pandemic, which I, I think everybody can agree. She's very, she was on the nose with that, but we don't know about other, you know, healthcare and, and things like that. We have no idea what her stance is on any of that stuff. And that's fine. We, we, in some ways we shouldn't have, her job was to relay messages about, you know, the COVID pandemic and her job was to make recommendations based off of that. And that's what her job was. Now, if her, if she's running for Senator, then she needs to step up to the plate and, and give us more information about, you know, where she stands on, on other things. But that's why it's, it's easy to say, well, she's really popular, but she's popular with, whatever segment of the population in Ohio she's popular with on a certain topic. So well, that's where think, I'm a little nervous about it. Yeah, I think where it stands is, and you know, we always joke, hey, to listen to our show. Well, Brandon said this yesterday, and, and Brandon's plugged in, and the Democrats know what Brandon knows. There's really not any easy names in the Democratic Party to run for Senate. Yeah, there's good choices out there. I'm not saying there's nobody good choices, but Brandon said yesterday, there's not one name that pops to mind. It's not like, oh, it's definitely this person or this person. So in a Democratic Party, they're sitting there going, hmm, who would be interesting? Who could be that one super great name? Amy Acton comes up, and we've said this. You know, She's that great super name. So I think where it's at is they probably called Amy Acton and said, hey, Amy, would you run for Senate? And either she's too nice to say no, or she's really thinking about it, or she's like, oh, geez, I don't know if I want to go for this again. And she probably hasn't called back yet. 
<laughs> and for some reason, either the Cleveland.com had good reporting, or maybe the Democratic Party floated out to one outlet to say, all right, let's get the story out there and see, A, if this will help Amy Acton decide to run, and B, let's see how people react, either on podcasts or on comments or everything else. I mean, I, I think that's where it's at. It, it, we're right. I mean, obviously, we need to know how she feels. I don't think we're to that point yet. I mean, I think they placed the call. They haven't heard back from her yet. And they're probably floating this out to see, is Ohio going to freak out if, if this or not? So. Yeah, no one went nuts when they heard John Cranley's name, you know, for the mayor of Cincinnati. No one went nuts when they heard about, you know, whether it be Sykes or anybody else. So, you know, they, they generated some buzz by whoever name-dropped her name. They generated enough buzz to get a story from the Hill. So... You know, there's there's obviously a method to the madness, but yeah, I kind of wonder if they would, you know, throw her name out there if she didn't have a little bit of interest. What if it turns out to be JD Vance on the Republican side versus Amy Acton on the Democrat side? Oh man, that, that that would blow our minds. That'd be crazy. I don't know. So, oh well, well Lincoln Douglas style debates only. Oh yes, yes, it would be. And motion waving required. And what would happen too? I mean. It, it looked for every instance that DeWine got along with Acton. I mean, I'm not sure if they ever argued behind the scenes, but, man, I wonder who DeWine gives his endorsement to in that can- campaign. You know, be a little awkward. I mean, you would think being a Republican, he endorsed a Republican, but, you know, if they work together well, would it be awkward if DeWine's like, oh, I can't endorse Acton. You know, she wasn't that good. I mean, but, could that, uh, could uh, that be the kiss no of death for a campaign? No endorsement at all would <laughs> signal <laughs> conflict like uh acknowledging you know acting oh. acting did her did her part but um yeah I mean, I, that I she bet, simply was a victim of the politics at the time i bet you in a totally honest moment like you know if mike dewine's a home reading cleveland.com and seen that story he's probably like oh crap i hope she doesn't run not that he thinks she'd be a bad center or anything but it leads him to a horrible political choice i mean what, what does if, he do you know well, and what if the republic what if it's not jd vance which let's hope not but what if it's John Husted? You know, what if John Husted's the Republican? You know, oh, it gets Amy acting. Could wow. you imagine? Could you imagine Damn. that? I oh, mean, I would love that. I will say that <laughs> if it's J.D. Vance, I want them to have a a debate in Appalachia and then and see if he can find it. You know, that would be. Uh... <laughs> or, or how about LeBron? I mean, LeBron. Hey, he scored forty six against the Cavs, so LeBron can still play basketball. Well, does he have to live in Ohio though to be a U? Ohio senator. I mean, I, I guess it maybe if he still has so as a residence in Akron, but I don't yeah. know if you have to like live a certain amount of time in the state or you know. Well, Brian, you need to live one day in, in your home state and the rest in DC. But but wasn't that the situation with Hillary Clinton? Because <laughs> wink, like, wink. when she ran for Senate, you know, she ran in New York and was like, Oh, why is she in New York? But they're like, Well, she has a home in New York, right? Isn't that how she was able to do that? I think they moved they moved to New York after the Clinton administration came to an end. Uh, it's my okay. understanding. Yeah, um, yeah right. If, if you have a house there, I don't know if it's a state requirement or if it's a federal constitution yeah. requirement. I have to go re- re- read my constitution. Yeah. Stuff. Well, if LeBron, if LeBron gets the the nomination, though, maybe we can get like Space Jam two to premiere in uh, in Ohio, the world premiere of Space Jam two. I want more of that. I want the Cavs to be what do you call it, excommunicated, like drop the Cavs from the NBA. That's that should be who I who my step is. All right, so we're we're hoping for either JD Vance against Amy Acton, Husted against Amy Acton, or I mean LeBron obviously been the Democratic side. Who would LeBron go against? 
Who? Maybe JD Vance. I mean, I mean, it's something that would get us excited. I mean, what's something? I guess I wonder if it was JD Vance that said the name JD Vance. I mean, who who in the Republican Party is like, yeah, that's the guy we're going to hitch our wagons to when they have? Well, you got you got to throw a name someone, there. throw a dart at the board, well, and whatever you, district you land on, you could probably find a candidate that would have a little bit more panache than him. You know what I mean? But you, but you have to throw a fun name that's not ridiculous because if they just say, oh, John Houston, you know, anybody who's not into politics is like, oh, boring. You know, you got to throw a J.D. Vance and be like, dang, that'd be great. Yeah. And maybe this is the Democrats. They're they're returning the volley. They're like, oh, wow, J.D. Vance, that's a talker. Who do we throw out as a talker? And Amy Afton is throughout. You know, who knows? You know? Yeah. I'd love, Again. To, I'd, love, I'd love to see Houston and Acton and just see oh, you know, be if, fantastic. If, if DeWine's still doing those press conferences. I'd love to see the questions and how he would have to answer those like, oh, well, yeah. who's the support? Uh, I don't know. No, I'm down. I think he would. I think DeWine would buckle down and endorse Houston, obviously. Oh, but, yeah. Uh, yeah. He would. If it was Houston, yes. If it's like anybody else, I don't know. I, I mean, I think, you know, he really enjoyed working with Amy and if he's if she's going up against like John Cranley or somebody like that or you know or not well not John Cranley but um, he's a Democrat but any any other Republican other than Houston I think he would maybe pause a little bit before he made a decision there on who to endorse. Well, one more thing on Ohio politics that I thought was fun um, with my work we're watching every time Dewine Scott press conference and again yesterday with the five to ten minutes preliminary. Let's go around the state and have everyone take their vaccine shots. And it was just very, uh, for people who are writing uh, under deadline and trying to get stuff out, it gets a little frustrating when the press conference starts. And before we give numbers or, or give details on vaccines or, or the news of the day, you know, we have DeWine doing vaccine, you know. I think we could probably. Shots. I think we could probably stop doing that at this point. We've done it like how many weeks in a row now with this vaccine? I, I know the idea is to promote it and, and, and have people take it and be like, "Oh, I didn't feel a thing." But at the end of the day, I think we get it now. Like you said, especially from a journalist perspective, let's get right into the meat and potatoes of it because that's what we're here for. Brandon, we've got up to ten spots. Like we got ten people on here. Maybe we should do people around the state doing vaccines each day. How about that? Um, like I mean, we could go live in seven different locations. We could beat DeWine in his own game. Oh, you want to do live vaccinations on our podcast? Yes, yes. <laughs> the first, the first, well, not with us. The first fifteen minutes, just have people stationed around the state, and we can go to them live for vaccinations. It'd be fantastic. And then That'd they can masks on and PPE, and then mumble, and then act like you can hear what they're saying. Even oh, it'd be fantastic. Or talking to older, you know, the elderly people who can't hear anyway, and then you're on a Skype, you know, or, or Zoom or whatever he's on, and you're yeah. trying to like yell into the, you know, yell into the microphone, and they can't hear. So, yeah, I think uh, I think we could probably move on from, from those. You know. Okay. <laughs> Sounds good. Like, this is going nowhere. Let's move on. <laughs> yes. Yes. Chris, what we, are you talking about? What's that? No, nothing. Keep move on. Move on. <laughs> I, I know vaccination talk always is exciting. So, all right, a couple of the other things, and man, LeBron and Amy Acton took a long time, which which we get. It's all good. Um, what's there's a new ice cream at in Columbus at Jenny's. Uh, did you guys hear about this? It's a bagel ice cream. Um, I don't know if you saw this or not. Does, does that sound interesting to you guys? No. 
No. No. What, what do you think, Brandon? Um, uh, no, I'd like to see if New Yorkers will, will buy it. <laughs> I think that's their morning ritual is to buy a bagel on the way to work. Correct me if I'm wrong, New York. <laughs> the only thing, I might into the cream cheese, and they were talking about, <clears throat> the, you know, cream cheese ice cream, and it probably doesn't taste exactly like cream cheese, but that kind of scared me a little bit. I mean, have you ever had cream cheese ice cream? Had cream cheese frosting, but yeah, was that good? Yeah, yeah, cream cheese. I mean, it's not like I don't. I don't think it it, it tastes like what you think it would taste like. I mean, it just tastes okay. like frosting. But yeah, I mean, you know, with this this ice cream, you've got okay, buttery streusel laden with sesame and poppy seeds f- sounds okay, but onions and garlic. I mean, who wants onions and garlic in their ice cream? Well, I gotta challenge you. Jenny's, I could be at your store in 10 minutes from my house in the Easton Mall area. Help us out some samples. You know what I mean? I will review it, and I guarantee it'll probably be a better experience than I have with that Subway protein bowl. And we got to check it out. It'll be good. I'd rather eat Subway ice cream, I think. <laughs> I mean, that's just onions and garlic for for breakfast. And especially, it's like you're, you're touting this with your breakfast ice cream. Like, I no, I... I don't think people want to go uh, go in before their nine to five work and uh, get some onions and garlic ice cream and then head into the office with onion and garlic breath the entire day. That just I don't know. Are you going to the poppy seeds, man? Ah, I'm not much of a seed guy, but um, I don't know if it's yeah, it's weird. Like hey, the thought of hey, here's a bagel, here's the cream cheese, and let's crush it and consolidate it into an ice cream mixed with you know, um, uh, ethically, organically, or whatever made or quality, high quality made uh, ice cream. Um, it was definitely not on my list of desires, but I'm curious. I'll I'll say that. Yeah, it'll be interesting. Like I said, Jenny's. Hey, start giving some samples. We'll eat them on the air. It'll be fantastic. That was the neatest, Chris. She. She says she's she's getting national national tweets about this from. I, I understand. Yeah, in the dispatch we did a um, a big article about too, but yeah, she may not need this, but hey, I I need Jenny's. I need food. That's why. Maybe I need, if we get that check verification on Twitter. Yeah, I got it, Jenny. I'll, uh, Jenny, we need you. It'll be good. Yeah, we need a little, <laughs> We need we need some ice cream. It'll be fantastic. Um. Also going on, um, love the pop culture aspect. I'm actually kind of interested in the Super Bowl this year. Uh, Tom Brady being the old guy like me, he's trying to win the Super Bowl. But I'm more interested in the pop culture aspect of it. Brandon Miley Cyrus is doing the TikTok Super Bowl. Uh, I guess it's a little pregame party and for the vaccinated healthcare workers. So, hey, I'm, I'm all for the vaccinated healthcare workers. It should be great. I'm not sure if I'm, I'm into Miley being the entertainment. Are, are you in favor of Miley? Be entertainment this event. Uh, Miley's fine. I mean, I don't think um, her 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 personal life is strange in some ways from an entertainment journalism perspective, and I don't think entertainment journalism is journalism. But from that perspective, it's always been weird for Miley. But as far as her performances go, and I know we just she's one of those performers that some people just like to hate on, but uh, I think she'll bring it, and 
Uh, I'm almost more scared if TikTok's partnering with Nickelodeon on this. <laughs> yes, definitely. There'll be like slime coming and it'll be rough. But I don't know. I'm not as much of a Miley. I mean, Lady Gaga, like to me, she's compelling. You love her or hate her, she's compelling. Craig, I'm not sure if Miley has that same thing. Does it, does Miley have a the same Lady Gaga thing for you where you can't turn away? Kinda. I mean, her performances have have been intriguing over the years, and you never know what she's going to do. Whether it's you know riding on top of a wrecking ball or you know licking a sledgehammer, I don't know what you don't you know you don't really know what to expect. I mean, I think she'll probably somewhat tame it down for a Super Bowl performance. Uh, and I don't know if Nickelodeon would enjoy some of her antics, but yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if she's must see TV, but I, I think looking she, a, vac- a vaccine needle, how about that? Well, that would probably hurt. Um, <laughs> but well, as long as you don't stab your tongue. I mean, well, I mean, if you're gonna look a needle, you know, there's always a part of hey, if you shot, you're gonna get stabbed. Um, no, I, I just. I don't know. I don't think she's must see TV when she's on, but I will. I think she's she's see TV. You want to kind of maybe see if you remember that she's performing, you check it out. Well, and Brandon, it's TikTok. Don't they have a limit on the videos? This could be the shortest performance ever. I mean, you can go live. Oh, you can go live for longer. Yeah, you can. Craig 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 is educating you here. I'm on top of it, Chris. You can go live on TikTok, much like you can go live on Facebook or Twitter okay. Okay. And, and, and have your performance be what it is. I don't know if there's like a, a limit where, you know, you can, you can only go like 30 minutes or whatever. But for a performance, she'll definitely be able to sing a song or two at least. Yeah. Craig is playing the role of Pat Mahomes. And I'm the Tom Brady. You know, he's like, <laughs> hey, dude. Hey, I hey, have Boomer. TikTok, <laughs> you know? I have TikTok. So, you know, it's very good. Very yes. good. I, 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 Brandon, you don't have a TikTok account yet, do you? I do have a TikTok account. Oh, you do? The only, well, videos, the only videos I've posted, though, is of my dog sneezing and of my <laughs> dog jumping on my lap looking at me. So that's I don't I don't post a lot, but I watch people because it's kind of fun. But yeah, I'll watch that. I'll watch a little Miley Cyrus on TikTok for the Super Bowl. Why not? <laughs> Craig's I a different person. Fighting. Which is good. I, I like it. We can't all be exactly the same. I love how Craig is bringing a different perspective. I, I'm not sure. Yeah. Miley doesn't do it as much for me. I mean, Lady Gaga and Grand Lady Gaga can't do everything. But, yeah, I, I know. Do better a little bit. And The weekend, Okay. I think The weekend would be better for TikTok. Put Miley in the halftime show. I mean, I'm still not... Totally getting the weekend. So you're you're saying oh, that on. you you're saying that you Flip don't support Miley for something like TikTok, but you would support her for the halftime show. Like, what's, yeah. How how does that cut? How do you cut through that right there? Because because I don't get the weekend. Okay, you can't do. Like, I can't feel my face like fifty times in a row. <laughs> well, and what else is he going to do? Yeah, Blinding Lights is is one of his latest singles, which is really a really good song, but. No, but what I'm saying is, is if you don't think like Miley is worthy of TikTok, is it because you think she's better than it, or you because you're you're advocating for her to be the Super Bowl halftime show? Then, well, Miley's greater than The Weekend. I'll put it like okay. That. Okay, I, I'm more of a Miley. So I if you agree. had to pick between Miley and The Weekend, yes, Miley goes to the halftime show. Okay, That's and if you had if you put Lady Gaga in the mix, Lady Gaga definitely gets the halftime show. Should be good. And have you guys ever heard of this Detroit style pizza? Oh yeah. Uh, pizza, yeah, Pizza Hut has that. Yeah, uh, I don't know, Brandon. I know you're not a big pizza guy, you know, with your diet. But does that look interesting? At all? 
Yeah, it looks delicious. Too bad I can't eat it. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I'd have to... I, I, I've always heard of the Chicago style. Craig, this is more cheese-based, I guess, or... Well, it's it's a sort of a deep... It's kind of like a hybrid of a deep dish like you would see maybe in the Chicago style. Uh, it's squared, and then generally speaking, they'll have like a sauce over top of it. Um, you know, so they have what would look like a square pizza, deep dish, crispy edges, a lot of cheese. And then this, this is the Detroit style is putting the sauce like on top of the cheese as well. Uh, you know, it's kind of like what little C, I don't know if you've ever had little Caesars, but their deep dish pizza at little Caesars is Detroit style. It just doesn't have the extra sauce on top. But in this case, pizza huts going like full on Detroit style. Um, okay. and also here, I, I, I see in the, the, the promo image that they sent out, They'll have the, uh, I guess you would call them the pepperoni cups where they kind of like cook and they kind of like their sides come up. So it makes like a little, like a little cup almost uh, of what, what, as a pepperoni. So, yeah, I mean, this is, uh, I don't, I, I like Pizza Hut, but this is something that I might uh, be interested in trying. The caramel crust is the only thing. It doesn't taste like caramel, does it? Caramelized, like a like a okay. crispy, yeah, like a like okay. the edges are crispy, like it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> have you not had Little Caesars before? Am I like you know? Have you had deep dish before? I mean, oh, that's what, okay. Have you I had like Chicago style deep dish? What's that? Have you had Chicago style deep dish? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I mean it's it's in that vein. So that's what the caramelized crust. Okay, I thought it was some weird candy flavor or something. No, no, no. Caramelized cheese, like crispy edges, you know. Okay. Brown and crispy. Yeah, so. I've been known to go to Pizza Hut before, so I'll probably need to try that. I would would try this. I mean, I I enjoy Pizza Hut's uh, stuffed crust, um, but I would would try this. I I like, uh, you know, a crispy but yet fluffy dough and Generally, Detroit style gives you that, uh, you know, deep dish, you know, Chicago style is more like a, you know, it's almost like like a like a buttery biscuit almost. It's the way it's cooked. But in this case, you keep it fluffy in the middle, crispy on the edges. Speaking of pizza, I miss the buffet. So when COVID finally goes away, which I'm anticipating probably, what, two years from now, maybe we could bring the pizza buffets back. There is one uh, pizza and uh and I think it's yeah, in Port Clinton that still does it. I think well, I don't think they do it right now because of the the, the pandemic, but they still did it. So that was kind of a surprise, really. But, wow. Yeah, yeah. Could you imagine that, Brandon? If they still had the buffets, we could just go crazy. We we could do the a crazy trip to Port Clinton and brave COVID for a pizza buffet. I mean, I'm I'm very into safety with COVID. I, I'm a hermit. I like to stay at my house. I don't take chances. I might take a chance for a Pizza Hut buffet. What would you, Brandon? Would you risk COVID? <laughs> that could be a good topic one day. What would you risk COVID for? I mean, we're all safe. We're, we're all not, you know, wearing masks and all this other stuff, which is great. But what would you risk COVID for? Yeah. I don't know. I'm, my wife would get mad at me if I said I would risk it. Anything for COVID at all. <laughs> That's true. I mean, realistically, risk COVID. Right. I mean, I, I wouldn't really go to uh, the pizza buffet at Port Clinton, although that would sound good. So, yeah. Underrated yeah. buffet in uh, Fort Ball Pizza at in Fremont has a pizza buffet. It is awesome. Better than Pizza Hut, even. Sorry, Pizza Hut, but um, Fort Ball Buffet, if you're ever in the Fremont area, 
I don't know if they're doing it right now because of COVID, but Jim Jordan have. represents poor Clinton, does he? What's oh, my. Yeah, does Jim Jordan represent poor Clinton? No, he doesn't. No. no Marcy, Marcy <laughs> Kemper. That, that district is probably drawn so like you know. it's it's about as crazy as it gets probably in the state of Ohio. Yeah, but um, you know, <laughs> funny enough, like 50, you know, twenty miles away in Port Clinton, that's where Marcy Captor, you know, of oh. all people. So it's kind of like the two most opposite ends of the spectrum, probably politically, are uh, right next to each other. Well, he could go outside his district. When COVID goes away, I mean, Jim Jordan's probably there today. He's probably like, all right, buffet, sure, why not? <laughs> He's there without a mask in the big Port Clinton pizza buffet. He could be. I don't know. We should have a days uh, without mentioning Jim Jordan <laughs> on podcast. <laughs> I think you're more obsessed than the political journalist in this state. Uh, it would be fun. I'm, I, I'm trying to get Jim Jordan on the podcast. I think it would be good. I, I think I think it'd be funny. Problem is, if he gets upset at all, he's gone. So you know, we'd have to kind of butter him up a little bit before we get to hard hitting questions. He can take it. He's, uh, you know, I, I remember having to cover him on July fourth, the day after the wrestling scandal came out, and you know, yeah, he was like, "I got to get going," but he took everybody's question that wanted to ask a question. So, I mean, he can he can sit there and take it, and you know, if you have to ask him questions that are hard, he'll he'll answer them. So. You know, but yeah, you know, you, you, you want to maybe build a rapport first before you start getting into the, you know, the questions, but he's yeah, pretty good about answering stuff. He's not, he's not one of those like, oh, how dare you ask me a hard question. So if we were one of those podcasts that were, was being saucy, I had all these jokes in mind for he can take it in wrestling and maybe <laughs> and Jim Jordan, but you know, I'm going to be nice and I'm going to say, look, Jim Jordan, come on our podcast. See? We're being very, we're being very friendly. I, I gotta ask you about this. Speaking of inappropriate jokes, is is it inappropriate? I was talking to my mom. My mom lives in a uh, senior place now, and we were joking because she was talking about going to the other side of the place to visit a friend. So she was talking. It was a family call. We were talking, and she's like, "Guys, I gotta go to the other side." There's a lot of friends waiting for me there. Do you think it was appropriate for me to make a joke about her dying at that time? I guess it depends on what her sense of humor is. Yeah, she laughed. Okay. My, well, my wife, it felt a little uncomfortable, her laugh. But yeah, to some people, it might be inappropriate. To others, it might be like right up their alley. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I like set it up beautifully for you. Like, please. Yeah. Like, yeah. how could you not make a joke? Yeah, I'm like, Mom, you're throwing up softballs, you know? Damn. And she's like, oh, there's a bright light. And she even said, like, there's a bright light here. I'm like, <laughs> come on, you know? Yeah. Even if it would have been in poor taste, you got to kind of make the joke just to see if it lands. But, yeah, right. the sense of humor, if you know the sense of humor of that person and you know they're a little dark and twisted, and I think as journalists we can all agree we have sort of a skewed sense yeah. of humor because of things we've seen and covered in, over the years, so... You know, I think I tend to have a darker sense of humor too, and you know, sometimes right. it rubs people the wrong way. But you know, you, you got to gauge the room a little bit before you make a joke like that. But you know, you know who you're talking to, so you know what kind well, of sense of humor they have. Right. Yeah, I was trying to divert from the Jim Jordan. I was sensing it was getting awkward when I started to make jokes about Jim Jordan. But with <laughs> Jim Jordan, there you go. It's the same thing as my mom, my uh, my great mom, laughing about joke about going the other side. You know, so hey, it'll be good. But yeah, I wouldn't make that joke. So it was funny. <laughs> well, what made it really funny was I was like, 
boy, if I was really mean family, I would make a joke about mom dying and going the other side. So I made the joke without making it. So it was good. I don't know. Oh, well, you do what I you think can. you're okay. Okay. Very good. Well, hey, it's been a longer show, which is good. I I apologize to these guys. Um, yesterday had some work had stuff going on, had some personal stuff going on. We had to cut short, but we made up for it today. So extra long Ohio podcast. We'll go back to regular time uh, next, next week, uh, tomorrow, uh, for next edition of the podcast. A- anything else we want to shout out before we're done? No, I don't think, I think so. we covered it all. I don't think there's yeah. anything else in the world we can end up talking about. So that'd be good. So very good. Well, again, check out our sponsors, subscribe on Apple Podcasts and everything. It'll be great. Um, Brandon, we gotta talk in the future of Craig. We need to have a like if if we get a certain number of subscribers or Patreon subscribers, maybe Craig will get slimed. How about that? <laughs> Homemade green slime or incentive. Incentive. Yeah. Craig will get slimed on the podcast. It'll be good. We'll we'll negotiate back and forth. We'll we'll, come back to you about that next couple of days. I won't close the door on that. (laughs) The problem is I I think Craig would get slimed for like one subscriber. Like we would need to make it say we need like a thousand subscribers. (laughs) Craig's like, Oh, I'll just get slimed right now. He'll he'll Uh, slime himself before he even starts. (laughs) I think Craig wants a good slime. No, I don't want to, but oh, okay, all right. For the show, I would take for the show. <laughs> I would bite the bullet for the show, but yeah, it would have to be more than one subscriber. Okay, <laughs> two, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> all right, very good. Well, thanks again, guys. Um, and thanks for listening to Highland. Have a good one. <laughs>